0: Hey, welcome to episode one. This is a podcast for my children. I'm Kale Thomas. I'm Chris Cox. And uh, this is our first episode. Welcome. Thank you. And thanks for your contribution. Oh, yeah. So Podcast for My Children is a self-development podcast. This is non-real estate related for those of, of you that know me in the real estate world. And the, the general theme is things you always want to say to your kids... And maybe you don't get the chance to, or this is my chance to record these things for my kids and selfishly for myself, because there's often things that I know I should do, but I don't. And, um, all right, today, our main topic that we're starting off with is language. 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 Not like learn a second language. Learning German with Chris. But language being an important part of your life in the sense of how, like what, what shows up for me when I hear the word language is how do you talk to yourself like when you make a mistake are you like oh man I'm an effing idiot or are are, you know or do you use reality-based language where it's like oh look at that I intended this result to come out and something else came out as opposed to getting mad at yourself like,
1: do you ever do that? Oh, absolutely, all the time. Unfortunately, um, yeah, there are times where I find myself making a mistake, and I use maybe terms that I shouldn't because it's it's self self deprecating, I guess you would say. Um, and it's really not any positive thing. It's it's almost instinct. Like I I do it without really thinking about it. But that obviously doesn't provide me with like positive reinforcement. It doesn't really give me like the the motivation to keep going. Um, So therefore, I feel like I should probably stop being so negative on myself and more kind of like, oh, this is a good learning experience. I to kind of think of it in that light because obviously everyone makes mistakes and mistakes can be fixed for the most part. Um, And it's just a matter of kind of developing that skill and getting better at kind of figuring out what I need to do and kind of the most healthy way of of solving those issues. So something that comes to
0: mind on this topic is... um I was a psychology major, for those of you that don't know. So I have a lot of useless information in my brain. (laughs) But when they talk about the subject of propaganda and psychology, they'll talk about if you take something, a concept, right, and you say it loud enough and long enough, then people start to accept that as reality. So that's how how propaganda works. Absolutely. And so there's this concept of kind of like negative propaganda with yourself. Mm. I'm an idiot. Dude, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I mean, you, you say that loud enough and long enough over a long duration, you're going to start to believe that. So that in and of itself is robbing you of power. Right. Not giving you power is robbing you of power. So one thing I'm trying and, hey, look, I'm a young parent. I've never done this before until I have my kids. So something I say with my daughter a lot is, hey, listen, I don't want you saying negative things about yourself. Not that, and her response is usually like, well, I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm, I feel that way, dad. And it's like, well, you know what? Do it for me. Like, I don't want you saying you're stupid. I don't want you saying um, that you're just not good enough or that you're, you know, whatever it is that she may say. I'm trying to train her now to get that language out of her brain just because she doesn't, there's enough distractions in life right? There's enough roadblocks in life. You don't need to be one of them for yourself. And I think if you can remove that from the
1: equation, it's going to help you in some measurable manner. Yeah. Going off that point, you kind of need to realize that you're your own best friend, whether you realize it or not, you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. So the way you treat yourself kind of is the most important aspect of who you are, because if you're always negative with yourself, there, it, it, it makes it a lot harder to get through life in a more positive way because you're just always constantly giving yourself that reinforcement that's, you know, not really providing anything that's going to benefit you. Um so yeah, it's it's really kind of interesting that you bring that up because I, I know some people that do the exact same thing. They get they get really down on themselves. And the thing that really like resonates with me is that like these people are so talented and I know that they are but they just don't see it themselves because they have kind of the same thing that I do. It's like you, I don't really necessarily see myself from like a a bird's eye view kind of thing. I always see myself from my own perspective and kind of my own life experiences. But then when I see a talented artist that I'm, you have friends with or I've worked with or anything and they're genuinely super talented people. And I like to tell them that they get super like weirded out by it. And they're like, Oh no, I'm not that good. And you're like, well, no, you just, you don't, quite realize how good you are yet. You'll eventually get to that point the more you tell yourself that you're good at something. So I think like learning how to take a compliment is is, is actually a
0: skill. Right. So that weird noise you hear is this air this air conditioner in this room. So like someone's jackhammering the sidewalk outside. <laughs> but at any rate, I think learning how to take a compliment is a skill and just it, it and it doesn't have to be weird. It could just be like, "Hey, I th- thank you. I appreciate the feedback, or, hey, that's cool that you think that way. Awesome. However you want to do it, you need to be able to take feedback and just move on, like positive feedback or negative feedback. But ironically, a lot of people have a hard time taking positive feedback. Oh, totally. You know, someone gives you a compliment, and it's kind of like, it can be awkward. But there's a skill in developing, like, okay, I'm going to look for the next time someone gives me a compliment, and I'm going to, like, strategically say, hey, thank you. That's all you have to do, you yeah. know? You don't have to make excuses. Like, oh, no, man, I don't think it's that good or whatever. It just, hey, thanks, that's cool.
1: Right. Appreciate it. And I think uh, going off into a kind of slightly different topic, but kind of in the same vein, um, I feel like it's harder to take compliments today because of how many negative things are out there. Like, a lot of the things that you see on the internet, you know, regardless of what it is, whether it be an article or a video on YouTube or really anything you see more negative stuff than you do positive stuff. So therefore, people are kind of associating in their brains. They're like, oh, I want to get a compliment. It's like, how do I take that? Because it's so jarring, because we're not used to getting positive feedback from from people. For the most part, what you're getting is negative. And for some people, it works. Some people like getting the negative feedback to make their stuff better. But there are some people that aren't as self-confident in what they're doing, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to put something out there to see what people think about it. And then all of a sudden, they're getting bombarded with all of these negative things, and it's like, oh, that's, I just wanted to create art. This is something that I'm very passionate about, but people don't seem to quite get what I'm trying to pr- portray or really anything along those lines. So it seems like in today's culture, unfortunately, positive comments aren't as as common, and I think that's something that should be changed. People should start to, you know, regardless if if you really feel like you like the thing that you've seen or whatever, especially if it's a close friend, you know, it's like, it doesn't hurt to bring out the positives in something versus just the negatives. I feel like the negatives are what people focus on the most. And that's back I think this kind of goes into language to other people. Mm. So you've the language to yourself
0: which you need to work on, but you you also need to work on the language that you use with other people. And try you certainly don't want to like sugarcoat everything and just be oh yeah, uh, yes man. Right. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, everything's great. Yeah. You're the best. But I think you do want to try to, you know, put it in a positive light. And it, and it, again, it's choice of words. So, you know, dude, I saw your painting and it effing sucks. It's not very, that's not very powerful. No. But hey, hey I saw your painting and I thought there were some really good aspects in it. You know, something that popped out to me that maybe you could look at a little differently or maybe a challenge that you're having is this. And I just want to let you know that. Right. That's a little bit easier to take in than maybe what you want to say. Sure. So you kind of have to be a little careful when you're cr- criticizing or giving um, constructive criticism to someone. But I think it can be done in a way if with, again, choosing your language, which is going to be effective and give that person something that they can, like, actually use. Right. Because if you're really a true friend, you're going to help out your friends. And it and it can be like a, hey, man, I just... I. I have this idea, and what, have you considered doing it this way? Or whatever you want to say about that. There's a, there's a better way to go about giving constructive criticism, but I think that's something that is a skill as well. you got to develop it. And by the way, I don't think anyone's great at any of these things until they practice them and they're aware of them, et cetera, right? So, I mean, for example, I'm really working on the, the language to myself, and I've been working on this for years. But there were times where I would get so bummed out at myself because things didn't come out the, exactly the way that I thought they would, and really that's it. Like, I I did this, and then I expected this outcome to come about, but it didn't, and then I get all upset. You know, it's like I can't focus on anything else because I'm all upset.
1: Right. Yeah, and yeah. So I think that totally is a valid point when it comes to expectations. We don't like having our expectations diverted. So when we expect to do something one way and it completely just sideswipes us with something completely different it's it's a matter of then being comfortable with that and and kind of coping not necessarily coping but being able to kind of pick yourself up from that and being okay obviously this is you know something i wasn't expecting but how can i learn from this experience and maybe even when I kind of work with it in the future, if it ever comes back up again, I I know how to deal with it. I don't get as upset about it, and it's something that I can kind of put in my toolbox, kind of thing. You know, right. it's something you can come back to in the future.
0: And that's the thing. All this stuff is practice. So it's like you have to practice to get the get your language right, because if you're not aware of it, you maybe you don't even know you ha- might have a language problem. Right. Um, I think we all struggle with language a bit. I mean, some are better than others. So oh, yeah. I look at some speakers and I'm like, man, that guy's so eloquent. That guy can choose every word or that girl can choose every word that they want to when they're public speaking. Um, but I think I, I've come a long way in that realm because there was definitely times in my life where I struggled to even find the words I want to say when I'm in the moment. Right. And um, so I'm sure other people have different challenges or maybe a similar challenge, but it's just like... Just like anything in life, you just got to practice these things to get them going better. Um, a, a great thing locally that's happening here, and I wanted to just give it a quick plug, is the TEDx event, Temecula, that's happening. And that's on, I think it's September 29th? Yes. Yep. I had to look out the flyer on my <laughs> desk. September 29th, TEDx Temecula is happening. That is, now, that's a place where you can go see people speak and really like it. go, wow. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Every time I've ever been to a TED event, I'm am just blown away. Like no matter what the topic is, it's just amazing. Like the thoughts people are having in the room. Um, sometimes I've been to a TEDx salon where they just play a TED talk and then people talk about that. Oh wow! And I'm just always amazed at like the thoughts and ideas that are coming out of the room. Nice. So if if, la- if language and public speaking is something that you're interested in, I'd go to this event because it's, it's amazing and it's local.
1: It's here in Tebecula. Yeah, and the thing I like a lot about those TED Talks is that like the passion that these people that are presenting have on the subjects that they're talking about make it so interesting because it's like, yeah, like you said, you could be talking about just like, I, I don't know, building drywall or whatever, something that I'm not particularly interested in, but if you're passionate about it and you know so much about it and you're able to talk about it effortlessly for like 30 minutes... You got me hooked because it's just like I am. I feel like I'm attracted to people that are very passionate about what they're interested in and involved in because it's like you want to be around that positive energy. People love when they're around people that love what they do. And so for me, when you know, I've, I've watched plenty of TED Talks, I plan on attending this TED Talk. Um, and I'm not familiar entirely with what they're going to be talking about this year, but regardless, it's the kind of idea of seeing these people in their prime talking about what they're it's almost like it doesn't even matter what the topics are
0: right it's the level of um thought in the room is what you're buying yes like that's what you're going to see the first one i went to this lady opened up and she starts talking about birth control in botswana oh and i'm like yeah i don't really know how this relates to me but by the end i was all into it yeah like oh wow she had some amazing points and i totally get it now and i'm inspired and like Wow, these people have such crazy thoughts in the room about this topic, and it so literally topic where I in the beginning thought I have no connection with this, and the the think in the room, so to speak, was so amazing that I left the event like kind of blown away, like, oh, this happens in my backyard. This is crazy. Nice. I didn't even know these people existed here. Right. So amazing event. Go check it out. Um, Wanted to go into a next, like, little subtopic of pop culture. So, we were talking about this yesterday. Things are going so fast nowadays, and there's so much change that happens in a 24 hour period, all publicly shown on social media, YouTube, et cetera. And it's just, it is what it is now. It's so crazy because we were thinking, we were talking about what, like, the 14th century. Yes. So, if you look at like, 14th century to 15th century history and it's like well the leaders were kind of the same there wasn't much social change necessarily right uh, the, the the manner of dress was very similar religious beliefs were pretty much the same yeah there wasn't a lot of things going on from for a 100 year span as opposed to 2017 to 2018 so many things have happened and so much information is exchanged it's just like at a breakneck speed it's just we've never seen anything like this before
1: totally and yeah it's i think it's because of the ease of us getting our source of news and our source of entertainment i mean it's it's never been easier than now to be able to do whatever you want whenever you want you you have almost instant gratification you know it's it's the if you go back to the 14th to 15th century example it's like if you wanted to get news from a different country, obviously that would take a long time, whether it be months, whether it be weeks, whatever how long amount of time, to get like a social or political event that's going on in a different country to bring it back to your country. By then it's already gone. It's if already ever. right, exactly. And yeah, the travel aspect comes into it, you know, the, the dangers of travel. And so I feel like society didn't evolve at the pace that it is now. Where it's like, yeah, one week you're you're reading something about the news. You know, i I typically try not to read the news as much because it's very depressing to me. But at the same time, I should probably be more educated in my in kind of knowledge of of the world and stuff like that. What? Well, back
0: to pop culture, I mean, you see something pop up in Japan that's popular with kids, right. and the next thing you know, it's popular here. Yeah. Or you see something popular here pop up, and the next thing you know, it's popular in Europe. Right. Or it's popular in India, or whatever the case, but things just travel at record speeds now. I mean, we're, we're live on, I'm broadcasting with <laughs> you live on a social platform where billions of people could potentially come and watch this. Right. We have just under a billion people watching right now. That's great. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, it is, it's just amazing how fast things move now. And I think it's kind of exciting. Like, I think we live in a time right now that's amazing. Like, if I was a kid and we had all this crap, I'd be so excited. Right. Like, I, I'm I'm into music. Like, I like music. It's like one of my passions, right? right. I, I have stuff now to record music that would have, like, blown me away in high school if I recorded one of my things now and showed it to myself in high school, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> you must have gone to you must have spent so much money recording this music. But no, I just did it on my computer because advancements in technology have come so far. Right. That I mean just things like that to me are exciting. So if my kids want to play music or record music, like they can totally do that. Right. My parents didn't have a bunch of recording gear hanging around or could, they couldn't afford that. Right. And and no one had it. So it was like it was rare to find someone that had a guitar on my street growing up, let alone like a full on studio. Right. So I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's an amazing time. And I think I'm really excited for things coming out in the future. Oh, Not yeah. Only pop culture wise, but automated travel. Mm. There's so many, I don't know, there's so many exciting things coming up and around, which is, it kind of leads us into our next topic, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Technology and age. I agree. You're a youngster. I, I would how, say so. Tell the kids how old you are. I am 20 years old. Um, so yeah, I, I'm freshly 20. Just turned 20 a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so yeah, going off of technology and age, I would say, so I grew up with a lot of technology, uh, or at least, so I got my first smartphone when I was like 10. So you know, at that point, you're starting to kind of develop your knowledge of things and kind of you, you start to find your hobbies and what you're interested in. And I think from a young age, I've always been interested in a a lot of tech stuff. You know, I'm a a filmmaker, so I've been working with a lot of film stuff since I was like six. Okay, Google, tell us a joke. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Because he can never, never land. Oh, that was bad. (sighs) She's the queen of puns. Sorry, I cut you oh, off. Oh no, no no no! I had just had to introduce Google. That was actually a good point because this is also technology and how we're using it in our podcast. Right. So, uh, but yeah, that's a great example. What's we, up, Ken <laughs> Um But yeah, we're using this kind of just effortlessly now. Like, uh, you have young kids. Like, for example, my cousins are like three and four, and they're already using iPhones and tablets and stuff like that to like a degree of, of high knowledge like it's something that like unfortunately I know some older people that are like I don't want to deal with technology I'm not tech savvy but then you have these 3 and 4 year olds that are like oh it's not as complicated as you think it is because they're just born into this generation where it's moving so fast it's like if you're not on the train you kind of need to get on it because it it seems like our advancements in technology and what we already have now it's it's mind boggling how much you can do in just a small little phone. It's like you have all of these these things that people had to pay for a lot back in the day, like a camera, a recording studio essentially inside your phone, and kids can just easily navigate it without even thinking about it.
0: So I remember being in the dorms in college, and this guy Chris had an AOL account, oh. so we all like sat around his his Apple, which was a black and white Apple b- screen, by the way. Nice. And waited for the, like the fax tone right. crap to do its thing. Right. Then we got on and like texted somebody, like um, like an online chat. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the internet back then. It's so exciting. Well, yeah, it's so exciting. But now, I mean. Er- Everything's at your, your, um, Biddy, that was him. And so everything's at your fingertips now, but here's the, the kicker. Like I'm 45. Yeah. I'm an old, I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> so I, there's people my age who are like on both sides of the fence. Some people are like, oh man, I'm just not tech savvy. And other people are really into it. Right. And I think with modern medicine, it's like, if you're 45 and in decent health, you There's a good chance you're going to live to, like, 90 at least. Right. You got a lot of technology ahead of you. You got 45 years. (laughs) You can't just
1: give up yet.
0: Like, you got to kind of get into the game. Right. Because my daughter, I mean, every kid now, regardless of intelligence level, they're just all on a a device. So it's not. I don't think it's an intelligence thing or, like, you get it or don't get it. I think it's just a matter of
1: effort. Absolutely.
0: And and the kids just jump on because it's just what they all do. And, like, my daughter's on, uh, I think I told you, Musical.ly and TikTok, which is now TikTok. Right. And she's um, slinging up little dance lip sync videos all the time. And she's making um, edits and cuts and all kinds of things that would have been kind of more technical aspects of filmmaking. Right. But the app obviously assists her. But she's just not afraid of it. That's cool. And I I know a lot of people that own businesses that want to do video, but they're afraid to, like jump in and pick up a an nap and play with it. Right. But I think
1: I don't think you have a choice nowadays. No, and yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like if you want to do anything today, it's most likely technologically based. So like a lot of job offers and job requirements require that you have some form of of computer knowledge. And to me that was kind of interesting seeing that on kind of like the requirements for a job because it's like I'm so used to being used to computers i have been doing it for so long that it's just like second nature to me but unfortunately for some people that provides a challenge and some people just don't want to conform to it and not conforms a bad word but like they they don't want to kind of work with it and i think they have this kind of preconceived notion that technology may be scary or that it's it's just way too complicated to navigate and that could be that argument could be made for certain aspects of it but for the most part I would say that they're trying to make technological uh, technology my apologies. Technologically. <laughs> technological. Uh, they're trying to make technology more user friendly. I mean, every time they come out with anything, it seems like they're always trying to make it like, "Oh, don't worry. This that thing that you tried to do on the last iPhone, it's even easier to do now." And some people may not agree with that. You know, I know they're always trying to add new features, but for, at the same time it's like these new features could be good things that you can use that aren't necessarily super complicated to do. So I feel like technology is unfortunately put into this weird realm where it's like some people think it's way too complicated, and it's really not, or at least in my opinion, because I've been working with it for so long. I think think that's the thing. You just have to practice. It's like
0: anything. It's like uh, the Malcolm Caldwell, is that his name? Uh, The author that has the Outliers book. And he talks oh. about mastery of anything's 10,000 hours. So now that's like a buzz a buzz concept to talk about. Oh, you got to do 10,000 hours of this or that. But it is true. It's kind of the old practice makes perfect. You know, the more you do something and you, if you're on a computer every day and you have to do things for work, you're going to learn it. Absolutely. Or if you, you're a graphic designer, you kind of have no choice. Right. If you're in the music industry, you have no choice. So there's just certain video, well, uh, whatever. Even sales nowadays, you know, a lot of sales apps... Um, and or sales lead generation tools and stuff are all on the computer or all on an app. Right. Um, customers expect you to do video now. Well, they don't expect you to, but if you do, it, you, you can. It, I think it makes it a lot easier to sell things. Right. Because uh, certainly a video is more compelling to me than a text message. Absolutely. Or just a, a vlog without video.
1: Right. A blog. A blog. That would be a blog, Kale. The vlog is the video blog, I guess. Um, yeah, I was actually talking to a guy about this today in my film production class. He's a graphic designer, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm wanting to get more into kind of social media stuff. Like, there's a lot of video stuff you can do with Instagram." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I do that stuff all the time, and it's great because it's it's a great form of getting information out there that people can easily ingest. They they don't have to really think about it because it's we like to perceive things visually. I like to think because it's just it's a lot easier to take in." Some people like to read. I get that, you know, but for the most part, it's it's more accessible when you have video out there and it seems like it's more engaging. It seems people are like, oh, I'm willing to kind of put more time into watching something than reading something, which is I think an unfortunate sign of the times. I feel like a lot of people my age don't like to read as much. They prefer watching things. Listen, I I think YouTube is the best educational device in the world
0: right now. Yeah. Because if I want to learn how to run this machine right here. I'll just go on YouTube and watch a couple of videos specifically about what I want to do right And within five minutes I'm gonna I'm gonna know it. Rather than pull out the manual or a PDF go through a PDF and try to find out what command right I need or what menu I need to go to, I mean YouTube is amazing. Yeah, and it's the same way for a car. It's the same way for repairing your refrigerator. It's the same way for hooking up a device to your TV. Whatever you don't know but you want to know, it's out there. I guarantee there's some sort of information on it. I oh, mean, total. brain surgery, you should probably leave to someone else. <laughs> but common, more common things, it's, I, I think it's definitely going to rival major educational institutions. I agree. Because I think we live in an age now where if you're dedicated to learning something, the only thing standing in your way is the doing it. That's it. Right. you don't need money, you need an internet connection. That's true. You need time, and you need dedication, and you need the willingness to do it. Right. And everything
1: else is just an excuse. I agree. Yeah, and and we actually talked about this yesterday. The fact that YouTube and any internet source, you can get like 10 different perspectives on one thing versus when you go to school and you just have one educator telling you what to do. It's able. You're able to kind of figure out your strengths based on the perspectives of other people when it comes to like... You know, So if I'm looking up how to do a, a transmission on a car and I go to a shop What's class up, and some guy goes, hey, this is how you do it. And I go, oh, that's an interesting perspective. Let's see what other people have to say on the internet. Right. And I go, oh, well, this guy on YouTube says it's not as hard as you made it out to be. Why do I need to do it the way you told me as an educator? And not saying like anything against educators. I love them. I, I've done teaching myself. But I think it's a good almost companion to education. So like if, if school started implicating like, okay, today we learned this in school. However, if you go home for your homework, you start seeing other perspectives on it and then come back. And that's and the it. thing That's the thing about YouTube is like you post something on
0: YouTube and then people automatically jump in and go, hey, dude, you missed step three. Or hey, did you consider there's this other wire that you didn't deal with or whatever the case may be. Right. And so it's like you're throwing it out there and the world can like, digest it and give you feedback about it and then you can perfect it. Right. Whereas if you're in a class, whatever the professor says is whatever they say. Right. And then you just take that at face value. But if you throw it out on YouTube, the whole world's going to judge it and spit it back out at you. Right. So that's, I I think that's awesome. I mean, it's a little scary. Like you talked, we talking about earlier about people, you know, being a little harsh. Right. On the internet. But in the same regard, it's giving you a little bit of dose of reality back at you. Yes. You know, So maybe you think you know something, but maybe you didn't consider certain
1: aspects, and it's good to know that stuff. Right. It's almost like a dual learning experience because you as the person who's putting out this information are now learning something about it that you didn't even realize. And so not only are you teaching other people, but you're also learning things as well from people that have different perspectives. It, yeah, going back to the internet thing, it's like if used right, the internet is an amazing source. Because you can get so much information about one thing that it's like almost overwhelming to me at times. But it's so great to know that I have that resource because I, I literally anything I need to know, I know I can find it. And it's just a matter of kind of like working with it in a positive way, not so much a negative way that it's been going, where people are just using it as almost like a toxic environment to spew out their opinions. And I feel like people were able to step back and go, okay, if we use this as more of like a positive environment to help people, I feel like it could be used in such a great way that people just don't realize yet. And that's so that's, you.
0: my kids call me out on so much stuff now. Okay. Because you know, when I grew up, your parents could just be like, because I said so, or like, that's the way it is. Right. And now my daughter will ask me a question, and if I just throw out some willy-nilly answer, she's just like, well, I went on Google and it says something different. So it's like,
1: dang it. Just proved you wrong.
0: Right. So we li- So parents now live in this world where we're on blast kind of, you know, like we have to be more accurate. But it leads me to this thought, which is in this modern world, it's more about knowing how to get the information than knowing the information. Meaning if you studied your whole life and learned one topic, it would almost be more valuable to learn how to access that same information On multiple topics. So, like, my kids are really good at knowing where to go for the information. Because there's something in my brain that still says, like, well, I got to, wait, what was that thing? Oh, man, I know I have it here somewhere in a book. Right. And my kids just go, Google. Like, no, there's no wasted time. Right. It's just, you know, okay, Google. Who was the president of the United States in 1952?
1: Harry S. Truman was president of the United States in 1952. See, I would, I wouldn't know that offhand. Me neither. And that's that doesn't sound good. But yeah, I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my daughter knows this like the back of her hand. Right. So then, therefore, I think parents now have to realize that's what your kids are dealing with, and I. I don't know. I feel like a part of my job as a parent is to help my daughter be able to access information and get accurate information right. and be able to sort through the stuff that's crap versus what is good information. Because this is only just going to like, we're just the beginning of this whole thing. I believe right. This information age. And this is the new, the new norm, the new reality. Oh yeah. Hey, we're a little over 30 minutes at this point. But um, again, this was our first podcast together. Myself, Kale Thomas
1: and me, Chris Cox.
0: We are co-hosting a podcast for my children. And we are going to do this once a month? Yeah,
1: that sounds At good. least.
0: At least. All right. So this is going to be up on iTunes. Give us about a week because we have to do some post-production on it and create the account. And thank you so much for everyone checking it out on Facebook Live. We'll try to film the behind the scenes just for fun, right? Just fun. But we'll put these up on Facebook. Um, Facebook. On um.
1: I, uh, Apple podcasts. There you go. Apple podcasts. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, I believe we're looking into Podbean and Stitcher Radio for those. Thanks, Chris. Non-Android users or not Apple users, the Android users. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be looking at all that and hopefully have this out to you pretty soon. Good comment. Thank you. Good save. Thanks, guys. We'll see you at
0: the next one. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye.